photography is an investment. It really is an investment. And I always say, you know, invest in your key shoots per year. Like you might do, you know, one a quarter or um, they're the ones that will give you, you know, your magazine images. You might use them as um, your website images, all of that. But for every other project you do and all of, and to keep up to date with socials and being relevant and that sort of, sort of thing, you really do need to know how to capture your own content. Hi, I'm Beth Bieske, the founder of More Time to Design and your host of the Design Dialogues podcast. I've been a designer for the last 12 years and I've run my own studio for five and I know how hard it is to run a successful business. You not only need to be great at designing, but you need to be great at all the other things as well. I created More Time to Design, a software platform to help designers run efficient studios, and I've created the Design Dialogue podcast to help us all learn together. Each week, we will meet professionals who are at the top of their game doing things that help us run our studios. We'll have conversations with social media managers, interior design mentors, copywriters, stylists, photographers, suppliers, and also designers who have been in the game for a long time and who have such a wealth of knowledge to share. I hope that each week you feel inspired and informed at the end of each of our design dialogues. So join me for the Design Dialogue podcast. Of the Design Dialogues podcast. This week I am talking with Nat Spadavicia from the Palm Co. I have known Nat since the early days of her business. She actually designed my wedding stationery back in the days when the Palm Co. was still finding its path. In this episode, we talk about those early days of Nat's business and how at first niching down into something didn't feel quite right, but how relatively quickly it became evident that it was the way to go. Nat generously shares with us some great things to think about when you are considering which photographer to choose to capture your projects and also some tips if you are styling the project yourself. As always, if you are enjoying the podcast, I would love for you to leave a review. Reviews are one of the best ways for people to find the podcast. If you are unsure of how to leave a review, I will put in the show notes some simple instructions to follow. I really do appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. Now, I hope you enjoy my dialogue with Nat. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Design Dialogues. And I am talking with the lovely Nat Spadavecchia from the Palm Co. today. Hi, Nat. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been, um, it'll be such a pleasure to have you on. I um, I have known Nat for, oh, I don't know, six, seven years, maybe a while. Yeah. And um, we... Oh my goodness, Nat did has photographed some of my design work. She also designed my wedding stationery. Um, but yeah, so I have known Nat for a while and have been a big admirer of your work. So I'm really looking forward to getting in and learning a little bit more about your business and some of the things that you do today. I love to start every episode by finding out what can you see out your window today? Oh, trees. Actually, the one good thing, well, not the one good thing, I love my house, <laughs> um, but this house, it's in down the south coast, but it kind of is surrounded by trees everywhere. So it feels like you're in like Bowral or the Southern Highlands. Beautiful. It's so nice. So, Beautiful. and this is my favorite room with the fireplace and the trees out there. So 
Oh, sounds <laughs> very idyllic. Oh, so lovely. So um, for those of you who don't know Nat, she is a photographer um, and has a phenomenal um, uh, portfolio of work. I am sure most people are familiar with your work. Can you tell me a little bit about your business and how you've gotten to where you are today? Yes. So actually, when you said I designed your wedding stationery, I felt like that was a past life. It I know. I know. And I it was like forever ago. I know. And I would love to actually talk to you a little bit about that, because when um, we first met, you did kind of have a bit of a scattering of offerings. And it was almost like you were kind of testing out what direction you were going to go with your business. Yes, I so I did. I started out. Um, I'll go back to the beginning. I did a Bachelor of Design, so I majored in graphic design and textiles. And I think I left and was like, I'm going to design a homewares range. And I really wanted to get into that sort of side of things, but um, I actually ended up going down the graphic design path. And so I worked as a graphic designer for quite a few years. Uh, and then I just hated sitting at a computer desk, so. <laughs> which now I'm still at a computer desk editing thousands of photos a week, but that's okay. <laughs> this is still a balance. Um, but yes, yeah, so I did graphic design for years and then I ended up, I really loved interiors and wanted to get back into um, the interior world, obviously studying textiles. I kind of had always thought I would do homewaresy type stuff, but um, yeah. So then I ended up getting a job doing styling. I started as a property stylist. Uh, it wasn't as big of an industry as it is today. And there was only like a real select handful of um, sort of companies, I guess, that were doing it. And so I worked at uh, one of those for, I think, six years and kind of uh, started off doing styling. And then I ended up in the marketing team doing the photography um to be able to market the brand. So I was shooting all of our interiors and it was definitely trial and error. I had done a short course on photography, um, but it was not interior specific. It was basically how to get the camera off auto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, that was it. And then I think I did that course when I was doing graphic design and never really took it much further than that. And then when I got into interiors, I found that I loved it. And so I did a lot of shoots for the company I was working for and just taught myself how to, how to capture the style that I wanted to achieve. Yeah. Um, so yeah, did property styling for quite a few years. Then I got married, um, came back from my honeymoon and was like, I'm going to go out and start my own thing. And that's when I thought I had a background in graphic design um, I had a background in interiors and I also had photography. So when the Palm Co started, it was like a multidisciplinary studio. It offered design. Um, so a lot of like branding, but I was kind of doing everything and anything. So wedding stationery, um, logo design, websites, like a bit of all of the things. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was also doing interior styling and also photography and styling. So yeah, that's fine. Doing all of the things. And <laughs> I, remember I did a coach, a business coaching um, mentorship program. And um, my business coach at the time was like, you have to niche, you have to niche. And I was like, no, I just kept thinking if I need, if I went like a niche on one thing, um, the business wouldn't grow. Whereas yeah. I actually found it's the opposite. If you do niche and you really find what you love and what you're good at and what you enjoy, that's when it actually grows. So 
yeah, I sort of started to niche down smaller and smaller and smaller until now I primarily just do um, interior photography and editorial styling. Yeah. And so did you always know that the photography was ultimately where you wanted to get to or was it just kind of like organically you kind of like things dropped off and you're like actually I don't really like doing that or like it just kind of kind of got there eventually that photography was kind of the last standing thing that you love doing yeah it kind of organically happened I definitely when I actually started the Palm Co I wanted to go down the path of interior styling and design and so I thought that element of the business would be the thing that took off but obviously being in the design industry um I knew a lot of people in the design industry and a lot of people that were after a photographer and I kind of just worked with a couple of friends and then um there was like from that it just was like word of mouth and it just kind of grew that way that everyone was kind of looking for interior photographers and Instagram was only just sort of like on the rise and people wanted to get their work out there it wasn't what it is today by any means it um but it was still people were finding that they really needed content. So yeah, I guess I didn't love the design side of things. And I think I knew like graphic design. I think yeah. I knew for a while I didn't love graphic design, but it would, it was what I was kind of the most trained in. Yeah. Um, And so I included it. Um, I also think being a creative, you kind of like to challenge yourself and do multiple things. Like I love being able to do different things. Yeah. Doing the one, the same thing over and over again is just what I would get bored, but um, yeah, I liked offering the different things. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, I think that thing about niching down, like I do think when you first start, you're like, there's just not going to be enough work in one spot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it is very true. I think it becoming an expert in that one thing and becoming known for that one thing. It's a lot easier for people to understand that rather than going well you're a graphic designer or you're a photographer or you're, yeah what are you kind of thing so yeah um and your photography it is very kind of recognizable it has a very distinct style about it and you obviously bring the styling to it as well mm-hmm. how did you did that just kind of develop over time or did it something that you kind of have always just intrinsically thought that way and done things that way Um, I think I, I always loved reading like homewares, uh, homewares, home interior magazines, like interior magazines. So I loved reading all the industry magazines and I loved looking at the photos and I always, when I was doing property styling, I thought, Oh, how can we get into a magazine? Like I always thought it'd be so cool to be in a magazine. Mind you, property styling is so different to editorial styling, which I now know. (laughs) Um, but when I started out and I was bit clueless I thought yes we can get there Um, so I think I always knew what I wanted the pictures to look like and the styling is such a huge part of that for me I think I couldn't do the photography without the styling and even now when I do just photography my eye is always on the styling and I always think the styling has such a big impact and if it was the way it styles really does reflect the end result and that's what I try to explain to clients when I think it's so important to do them together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think my this it's developed over time, obviously by experience and just mm. working at different properties and that kind of thing. But also knowing what I wanted 
the end result to look like. I wanted it to always have an editorial look. Yeah. Um, I'd never loved real estate photography um, and I never wanted to be a real estate photographer. So I just completely skipped that phase and went <laughs> straight all out at the editorial with yeah. the editorial styling. So, yeah. And I think as well, just um, I really enjoyed it. So I, it was such a hobby for me. I just used to love doing the styling um, as like an add-on and now I've just included it as its whole other thing. So now there's going to be lots of people who are like, what does she mean by editorial styling and property <laughs> styling and how are they different kind of things? So give us a bit of a quick snapshot. What are the differences between it? Because there will be some designers who might be listening who they might not have the budget for um, a photographer and a stylist. What are some of the things that you would say are key to getting right for a more editorial look? So for editorial, I think definitely flowers, uh, especially kitchen shots. Like they seem to be like, you know, the heart of the home. So I think if you get a beautiful kitchen shot, a beautiful bedroom shot and a beautiful main living, you've got a good chance of getting them into a magazine um, if they're styled the right way. So editorial styling is things that like you're really trying to style it to make you feel something. You want the audience to feel like they're there. So you want things that would exist in the house. So perishable items like fruits and flowers and thrown linen napkins, um, dining settings, like not set up necessarily on a table, but you do want plates and things that you would actually find in a house. Yeah. Um, So that's where editorial styling comes into place. And um, property styling is more just styling it so people can see how a space can work in terms of the layout if you lived there and spatial awareness. It's not necessarily about the beautiful things you're putting in to complement the design. It's more about spatial awareness. Yeah. Whereas editorial is very much about complementing what the designer has done and making the audience feel like they want to be in that space and like they are there. Yeah. And it's so true. Like, you know, you see a beautiful image and it does, it evokes something kind of thing. And that's, I think, so crucial kind of thing. And it can be, it doesn't have to be complicated. I think, you know, designers can sometimes, not always, but I think they can kind of overthink it a little bit kind of thing. Yes. And I suppose as well, like for designers who might be starting out and as they might not have the budget for a stylist, um, I suppose drawing inspiration from images they see in magazines and going, well, what have they done and what is that emotion that that image is evoking for me kind of thing and how can I recreate that in my own work? Yeah, and I think as well, like I do get a lot of people messaging me saying, what are those flowers and like where did you get that chopping board from? So I think it's all the little the little details that are put in there that do make it um, like it does evoke that response in someone and make you feel something. Um, that's what the workshop's all about. So I know that there's a because it is, it's a huge investment when you're doing yeah. styling and photography together. Um, I mean, even when you're doing them separately, styling and photography are still such huge investments. That's what the workshop is to teach you how to, you know, really how to style your own projects and how to yeah. capture them as well if you wanted to do all that kind of stuff in-house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um tell me a little bit about your workshops because you have kind of um you know you've almost gone you've niched down and now we're kind of spreading out again a little bit because you are um you're teaching the kind of skills that you've learned aren't you yeah I mean 
I am definitely teaching the skills that I've learned. I think there's a need for it now. Um, like I said, social media, people really just need content, content, content. But um, photography is an investment. It really is an investment. And I always say, you know, invest in your key shoots per year. Like you might do, you know, one a quarter or um, they're the ones that will give you, you know, your magazine images. You might use them as um, your website images, all of that. But for every other project you do and all of, and to keep up to date with socials and being relevant and that sort of, sort of thing, you really do need to know how to capture your own content. And you might, I mean, a lot of designers will just do a bathroom or just do a kitchen. And sometimes it isn't um, worthwhile for them to get a photographer out for such a small project, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't still be captured. So I guess I was talking to a lot of my clients who wanted to learn how to capture even behind the scenes. And similarly, they were like, you know, what do we do if we've just done a bathroom? We don't want to get you out there, but we don't want to miss the opportunity. And so that's when I thought, well, they're going to come to me to do their big shoots, but they do want consistency. So they're showing up as professionals and they're still growing their businesses. Um, So giving them the skill set to capture those smaller projects was really beneficial. So I I sort of felt like they still went hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't just need those 10 beautiful photos anymore. People need so much more than that. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the thing as well. Like I think, for interior designers, I think there are always going to be those small little things that you it's not worth, like they're just the budget just isn't there and the project yeah. warrant it being photographed. But I do think capturing them and it's you know showing your body of work and it is there's like this the content that we need to produce these days is just enormous. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's really handy. Um talk to me a little bit about what should an interior designer be thinking about when they engage a photographer to capture their work? Because obviously, as you said, it is a big expense and a big investment. So you want to be as organised and, you know, have put as much thought into the day or the two days as you possibly can. What are some of the, like, what is a great experience for you as a designer working with, as a photographer working with a designer versus a bad experience? let's go with a bad experience (laughs) so we end on the high one (laughs) um a bad experience is just someone that has booked you in but then they sort of think that's where it stops yeah um they just don't get out of it what they should get out of it and I guess my whole business is based around I want like the Palm Co isn't, it's not really about me. It is about showcasing my client's work and making sure they're really proud. I mean, these jobs go on for sometimes like years. Mm. I mean, they definitely go on for months, weeks. Um, So at the end of it, you want something that you're really proud of and that you've got, you get the satisfaction out of, and it's just done really well. So I would, I will always engage with um, once the job's been booked in, like we find out a bit more about the project, the rooms, we try and get some photos so we can really wrap our head around it. Um, and then we'll Alec, we'll work out the time to shoot it. So I guess clear communication is a really good experience because the more information we have, the more they're going to get out of it. Um, yeah. And we give our clients like a pre-shoot checklist where um, basically it just explains to them that the property needs to be professionally cleaned, um, declutter. They need to obviously communicate with their client if they're still there, um, that 
you know, we might rearrange things. It's got nothing to do with their personal style. It's just yeah. what looks best through the camera. And um, so I think just really clear communication is so important. Um, getting a cleaner in and just, yeah, if you're, if they're styling it themselves, um, obviously getting in there and styling it before us just to save on time because styling yeah. can be a little bit overwhelming. So I guess a bad experience is when I've just arrived, the property is not complete. There's been no communication. We've tried to get photos. Um, these are probably from my early days. Where I have a lot of things in place now that I don't get to this point. Yeah. Um, but it really doesn't affect me. It just affects them. They, yeah. don't, they don't get the photos that they want. Um, it's also just a really overwhelming experience for them. And we can't really focus if there's not a clear like the property isn't ready. And then a good client experience is obviously we've had a lot of communication in the lead up, um, just enough communication so that we basically take the stress off them. Yeah. It's not supposed to add any more stress. We get there, you know, the homeowners, if they live there, have gone out for a couple of hours. Um, we walk through, We um, everything's clean. We walk through, we chat through the brief. We make sure we're all on the same page. Um and then we'll go through if the client, if like the stylist, ha the designer has had it styled, um, we'll just tweak things to look best through the camera. Yeah. Um, we won't really rearrange too much though, because obviously they've set it the way that they like. Um, if we're styling it, we'll just style and shoot as we're going. And then, yeah, we just wrap up at the end of the day, let them know we're done and then we leave and um, the client gets their proof sheets, they get to pick the beautiful images and then yeah. they're edited and sent off. And it's a really seamless process, but I think communication is just one of those things it, that has to be key. I think a lot of photographers make the mistake in not letting the designer know that, you know, the homeowners need to be aware of the process. The property yeah. does need to be cleaned. You can't just show up and start cleaning it at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and it's a fun day. And yeah. no <laughs> they're exhausting days. Eh? All the communication in the lead up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And does the like where the designer hopes to use the images, does that also impact how you shoot and what you think about? Like if they are pitching it, like they're planning to pitch it to a magazine or if they're kind of like, we're not, it's just for our website or socials, does that change the way you shoot as well? Yes, definitely. So in part of our um, like onboarding process is we get them to fill out where the images are being used so they fill out a form and one of the questions is what are the images being used for um also even when they're just inquiring we also ask the same question because it'll also help us guide whether they should take that investment and do editorial styling or whether it's not essential for what they're doing it for yeah. um so at the end of the day we're just trying to get the best image if you're just using them for website and you don't intend to put them in magazines, then you don't necessarily need that investment of editorial styling. You can still yeah. get beautiful photos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, they're just captured slightly different and they're not styled the way that we would normally style for editorial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. I think that um, especially maybe if people haven't had their work captured um, professionally before or they haven't done it kind of that much, I think sometimes they forget I think they do sometimes think I'll just book in a photographer and that'll be it kind of thing. Like there is so much more to it. And you're right, like the what images they capture at the end or 
not necessarily the quality, but the, the amount or whatever is so determined by that kind of communication and, you know, being clear on what you want from these images. Yeah. And I think as well, um, part of that, like onboarding, uh, like an inquiry phase for us is finding out what their end goal is with the images, because um, some people, when they have never worked with a, a editorial photographer before, will think we're just in and out in an hour. And it just doesn't work that way. I mean, it's so different to real estate photography where you just go in and your your end goal is basically to make the property sh- appear as big as possible. Yeah. Um, so it's really like it's very different, whereas we're trying to rearrange things in the space to capture them, how it is when we're in the space and how it feels. Mm-hmm. So I think people don't really know the process that goes into shoot days of like moving things around because you can walk into a space and it's absolutely stunning. But when you're trying to put it into a photo, there's a really like specific way Um to I guess compose the shot and also rearrange the styling so that the feeling you get walking into the space also comes through in the photo that we're capturing yeah. because for editorial a lot of it is like combining say three photos together to get that whole room experience as opposed to a real estate shot where it's just like one wide angle yeah which doesn't really make you feel all the details and everything that you've spent hours and days you know um, specifying and selecting and sourcing yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, like, in terms of the process from, say, when someone books you in, what is the ideal, like, and this is going to be so dependent on project, I know, but is it, like, if you can capture the house before the client has moved in, like, in that kind of really sweet little spot, is that the best time because it's kind of, there's not client clutter around? Um yeah. Or is it kind of like you just kind of have to roll with it and make it work when you can? It does vary um, depending on project and budget. If you if you have a client that's invested in all new furniture and that kind of thing, then you're probably best to wait until they have moved in um, and then obviously have the conversation with them, maybe get it early days where just the bigger items are in there. Yeah. Um, but it's always better, I would find, to do it before the client has moved in. Mm. Um just because obviously once they've moved in is a lot more clutter and a lot of the times it's like a lot of boxes and just people don't live the way that we shoot which is completely like understandable people have stuff whereas we get rid of all that stuff and we put your one beautiful pair on the bench (laughs) Um, not as six kids drink bottles yeah (laughs) the one pair represents that someone lives here just the six drink bottles have gone (laughs) um so yeah, it's definitely like finding that sweet spot. However, um, I've been doing this, you know, for my own business for the last seven years and longer before that, but it is very hard sometimes to find that sweet spot mm. to book it in. Yeah. So if you can, I would book it in before clients move in. And if you can't, I just have that really clear conversation with them. Yeah. And what if you've got a client who hasn't gone to, you know, they might you know, they might be doing furniture down the track or something like that. Like, how do you, like, maybe some of it looks really great and you want to capture that, but there's some really dodgy looking furniture over here in the corner. How do you deal with that situation? Very strategically. <laughs> um, I did a shoot recently, actually, and the kitchen was stunning. Um, and the client was doing the renovation in steps, but she, the designer wanted to get in and shoot the kitchen because it was just 
they just moved in. It was all all very new and fresh. And it was like we did a pan of a video. It was like the kitchen was stunning. And you moved over to the dining room and it looked like Nana's moved the, the furniture she'd had from the 70s in. <laughs> and it was just so funny because I think that's the reality. I, know, I think a lot of designers probably look at photos of of other designers' works and go, God, how do they get those projects? And I think it's nice to know that the reality of it is a lot of people are just doing projects in stages. Mm. Um, and you can still shoot those projects. You just move, you just work around it. You move them out of the way. Sometimes if we're bringing in furniture, like I said, if you have the budget, um, the removalist will just basically take the client's furniture out, put it in the truck for the day, put our furniture in, and then it just gets swapped back. It, I mean, it's a very seamless, easy process. Mm. Um, once it's actually locked in, it's not as big and overwhelming as people think. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and usually it's just like a room or two that that kind of needs to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. I think as well, like, I, it's funny. I I often quite think, I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors there is. in this industry when it comes to getting photos and all that kind of stuff. Like what is behind the camera is quite often very, very different to what is in front of it. So I think, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's like if it's about building your um, body of work and all of that kind of stuff, sometimes you have to just get in there and kind of, you know, participate in the the smoke and mirror exercise. And I think people don't realize, like a lot of the designers I actually even still work with now that I started my business with, a lot of the time we were, you know, they did their own house as their one of their big projects and then got me in to shoot that. And from that, their business has just blown up. So it's worth investing in the photography and the styling. And even if you're doing it yourself, it is really is worth getting good quality photos even if you're not at that stage yet where you're doing you know big projects mm. you've still spent so much time designing beautiful spaces that the world should see because it's yeah. like a little sneak peek so yeah I think that shouldn't deter people and I think yeah it's you need to be aware that a lot of it is smoke and mirrors and a lot of designers out there are just shooting the kitchen the bathroom you know their own living room yeah 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 <laughs> Um, and that leads me to one of my next questions, because one of those designers that you have worked with for a very long time is Catherine from The Stables. Um, my goodness, I've known both of you for ages, and I I don't know, how long have you been shooting her work for? Catherine was my first client. There you go. So seven years, I would say, since yeah. I started. Yeah, wow. And but I knew her a few years before that as well. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of see like you guys, you, your work or your styles go so well together. So it's, you know, it's not surprising that it's a very successful working relationship. And is that something where you would encourage designers to kind of find a photographer that the two styles align? Because obviously different photographers are going to give you a different look on your, your pro on your photos. Um, and so does it help having that relationship grow over time? Um, definitely. I 100% agree that you should pick your photographer um, based on, like they have to align with mm. you and your aesthetic. My favourite jobs are when I go to projects and I get along so well with the designers. I love their aesthetic. Um, it just It doesn't feel like work. It's yep. a really enjoyable day. Whereas I've also worked with people in the past where it hasn't aligned and 
I probably knew that it wasn't going to um, be a perfect match. And it's more, I mean, the photos still turn out beautiful. It's just more that it's not um, the type of work that I would want to be capturing or, you know, the designer would be like, well, you know, Nat doesn't normally capture this type of thing. So I think it is really important to, um, you know, pick your photographer, like research into it. I think word of mouth referrals for me have been um, the best. So people that have actually referred me and they've looked into it and they actually want to work with me for me. I think when you do just pick a photographer based on, you know, you know, nothing really, you're not going to get the best outcome. Yeah, and I would say as well, I suppose like I, one of the criteria is because as we've said several times, this is an investment. So I'm sure the financial um, cost is a big driver. But I think as well, um, yeah, I think it is a, such an important working relationship that we have as in designers. Um, but yeah, I think, as you said, like definitely it's got to, it's got to feel right. It's a bit like having good tradespeople and good builders. Like you want them when it works well, it works well kind of thing. And I think everyone knows when it doesn't work well. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, um, like it is, photography is such an investment. I have so many people that have come to me though, once they've already had it shot by someone else and not been happy with it. So (laughs) it's like interior design really. Um, You know, people often bargain you down on your pricing and you just think, well, no, this is what I'm worth. And then you'll often find probably that they're pro- whoever they do go with that is doing it at a very reduced rate is probably not going to align with what the end result should have been. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I just, yeah, I would go with, who, you know, who aligns with you, what aesthetic you like, the look of, you know, the, the level of work you're at as well. Like when you're starting out, there are a lot of, um, you know, entry or start out photographers as well that are still really good and the level aligns and the aesthetic aligns I mean um I was obviously just starting out when I started working with Catherine and I've evolved as she's evolved over the years as well um but yeah I mean I just we're basically we're just friends now it's nice <laughs> well she said I'm when I talked to her, her. She, she doesn't even need to turn up now to her shoot yeah no well she usually turns up for a chat <laughs> Which is nice as well. So yeah, Yay, it's yeah. so important finding. Um, <laughs> I think that's with any people that you like outsource work to in your like, you know, your business is your baby. You want to make sure that it's you're putting trusting it in the right hands. Yeah, and I think it's like you know, as you said, there's some of these projects can go on for years, and you know, you as a designer, you invest. It's it's you know your body and soul almost into them. Sometimes like they okay. are a lot of you know, they take up a lot of our lives. So then the person who you choose to capture that to then amplify that into the world is so important. And you don't want it to just be anyone because yeah, like it's been such a big part of your life that you want the, the documentation of it to be as beautiful as the real thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so, you know, you're a very creative person. I know you've uh, renovated your own home and you've you know you're you're definitely living all the creative lives how do you find your inspiration draw inspiration and maybe how do you fill your creative cup when it's feeling very depleted um I always find this is a 
a tough question. Like what <laughs> inspire, like where do you get inspiration from or what inspires you? I think there's just like a few different ways to look at it. So in terms of um, like inspires me for styling and what I include in projects and things like that, um, just like textures and um, like creating layers. I love layered looks and that sort of stuff. So I often look at like what's coming up in trends or I look at like what in different suppliers and trades in the industry are bringing out. And I'm really inspired by like, you know, the colors of the year and all of that kind of thing. I mean, I am a 50 shades of beige kind of girl, <laughs> but I still like to see what's going on out there and I can still appreciate other design. And I think that's so important as a photographer to um, be able to appreciate other designers out there. So I guess I am inspired by, um, in a way, I guess the design industry as it evolves and changes, I like to, you know, have a play with those sort of things, but I'm also inspired by um, like my personal goals and what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, I like to travel and, um, you know, spend time with my little boy and my family and do Pilates. And I think all of those also impact on what sort of jobs I, I like to capture and, um, I guess like shooting things like Pilates studios and cafes and all that kind of stuff would be what I would say is like passion projects. And I do is like my little creative outlet because I have issues with not shooting. (laughs) I'm a serial overshooter. I'm like, okay, one more shot, one more shot. um, So one of my creative outlets would still be, I guess, shooting, but maybe just shooting for myself in terms of like a cute little cafe or, you know, some nice textures and architecture and stuff like that that I've seen in my travels. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really just everywhere around you. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think, yeah, you kind of just gather inspiration from all what's going on around you in the everyday. Absolutely. Um, and so what are you looking forward to in your business over the next 12 months? Um, I feel like I'm always go, go, go and trying new things. So <laughs> I'm interested to see what the business is doing in the next 12, over the next 12 months. But um. <laughs> Uh, there's definitely a lot more education things coming out. Um, I'm excited to just see new projects, different trends in the industry. Um, yeah, I mean, I just love to see what different clients have been up to when I get, every time I get to a different projects, I'm like, I think this is your best one yet. <laughs> honestly, as I'm evolving, they're evolving. So yeah. Yeah, 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 it's, I love seeing that. So that'll be fun over the next, um, year, but also, yeah, just incorporating more of the education side of things so that people can get that instant satisfaction out of taking a beautiful pro- a beautiful photo of their own projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. Sounds like a busy 12 months. They're all busy. I feel like every year <laughs> it just gets busier. So adding more and more to the plate. <laughs> um, and how can our community reach out to you and find out more about what you do? Um, Through my social media probably is one of them so it's just at the dot palm dot co um my website which is the palmco.com.au and I'm always available on like the email people can contact me through there as well yeah awesome and we will link to all of that in the show notes for everyone thank you so much Nat this has been such a great chat and um yeah I've really loved learning more about your business oh thank you I've loved chatting to you it's been (laughs) nice in a while it has been a while (laughs) Thanks, Nat. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this design dialogue with Nat. So many great things in the interview with Nat, but I think one of the most helpful was around what to do after you have booked the photographer. It's not just a matter of turning up on the day. 
The preparation that is necessary for a good shoot for both the designer and the client is so important. And as Nat says, it's not her that misses out if the preparation isn't done, it is the designer. I really hope you enjoyed this dialogue with Nat and I look forward to seeing you next week for our next design dialogue. It is usually around this time of the year that we all start to think about what we are doing in our businesses and maybe some things we might like to do a little differently. I am sure a lot of you who are listening are currently trying to wrap up projects before the end of the year and so thinking about a new software platform is at the bottom of the to-do list. However, if you can spare a few minutes, the team and I would love to show you how more time to design can transform your business and mean that 2024 is your best year in business, both from a project perspective, but most importantly, financially. For everyone who books in a demonstration before the end of 2023, we will extend the free trial period so that even if you are madly wrapping up projects, you will still have plenty of time to become familiar with more time to design and be ready to start 2024 with a bang. I will pop the link to book in a demonstration in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this design dialogue. I hope you have found it full of inspiration and helpful information to take into your design studio. If you like the podcast and want to hear more, consider sharing it or writing a review as it helps us reach more people and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to unlock the power of effortless studio management and elevate your design business to new heights, please follow the links in our show notes to see how more time to design can help you build a better business. Have a great week and I will see you for our next design dialogue.